morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, May 24th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, the legal battle between Apple and game developer Epic wraps up. Later this week, ExxonMobil will square off against activist investors who want more action on climate change. You'll also hear the CEO of AstraZeneca defend his company's vaccine. He spoke to the FT in his first interview after the company's setbacks. Plus, the EU has a plan to spend billions of euros to arm military groups in global conflict zones. Our EU diplomatic correspondent, Michael Peel, will tell us more. The EU does have existing military training missions in both Mali and Somalia, and indeed in the Central African Republic also. But what it wants to do is go a step further. I'm Lauren Fedor, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Today, the legal battle between Apple and game developer Epic Games wraps up in a courtroom in California. The company behind the video game Fortnite has accused Apple of abusing its position by forcing developers to distribute apps exclusively through the App Store. The FT's Patrick McGee has been following the trial. He says whatever the outcome, it will be consequential. If Apple wins, it's going to be really difficult for another developer anytime soon to make claims of of Apple having a monopoly, right? Precedent will be set where Apple can point to this. If Apple loses, not only do they stand to lose billions of dollars of annual revenue, but it would impact thousands of developers and it would impact how a billion people operate their iPhone. I mean, for instance, right now, the only place to get apps is the App Store. And if you consider that sort of a shopping mall, it's like a shopping mall with one gateway and then lots of stuff within it. What Epic wants is essentially multiple app stores. It's quite possible that the judge comes up with something that is a compromise that sort of doesn't make anyone happy, but but nevertheless stands. And that'll be consequential, too, because the likelihood that it then gets applied to the Android operating system would go up. So it's really hard to say. I, I wish it was an easy win or lose situation. And, and I think there's a good chance it will not be, that it'll be somewhere in the middle. That's our San Francisco correspondent, Patrick McGee. A big week for ExxonMobil. On Wednesday, shareholders will vote to decide who gets to sit on the company's board. Activist investors have accused Exxon of not doing enough to respond to climate change. They've led a months-long proxy battle to try and get four new directors appointed. The effort is backed by some of the world's biggest pension funds and investment managers. Wednesday's vote will hinge on retail investors and three key funds, BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street, which together own more than 20% of Exxon's stock. The CEO of AstraZeneca has defended his company's COVID-19 vaccine after many setbacks in its rollout. In an interview with the FT, Pascal Sorio said the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine could still play an important role in battling the pandemic. And there are many countries around the world who actually want this vaccine, so this vaccine has a future and we're working on the variant. Sorio indirectly criticized some of his rivals, who've mostly provided COVID vaccines to wealthier countries like the U.S. U.S. regulators have yet to approve the AstraZeneca vaccine. Pfizer is focusing on the U.S. and Europe and a few other countries. And soon enough, hopefully, they also supply the poorer countries. We are supplying the Europe. We, again, we are the second largest supplier of vaccine to Europe. And also we are supplying the low-middle-income countries. 
And so together between Pfizer, Moderna, ourselves, and also J&J to some extent, we are kind of trying to cover the world. That's Pascal Sorio. He's chief executive of AstraZeneca. He spoke to the FT's editor, Rula Haloff, and our global pharmaceuticals correspondent, Hannah Kutchler. The European Union wants to play a bigger role in global conflicts. This summer, it's launching something called the European Peace Facility. It's a 5 billion euro fund, and it'll be used to train and equip military groups in conflict zones. The FT's EU diplomatic correspondent, Michael Peel, joins me to talk more about this. Hi, Michael. Hi, Lauren. So why is the EU doing this, and and why has it proved so divisive? Well, this is part of the EU's efforts to project what it calls more hard power. And that means uh, it's been frustrated for many years because it's this economic powerhouse around the world, but often officials in Brussels and member state capitals feel marginalised in some of the world's big security crises. The Iran nuclear deal where the EU had a seat at the table was a kind of high point five years ago, which they've never really managed to match. And it also reflects the fact that they're worried about events in the regions to the east of them and also south of them. In African countries, they're worried about uh, somewhere there are Islamist militant groups and also migration is a neuralgic issue for many EU leaders and they're looking at ways, they say, to try to stabilise countries to make those threats less. Right. So now everyone isn't on board with this, though. So who's pushing back? The campaign groups, both in African countries and in Europe, are say, well, hold on a second, why, after 20 years in which we've seen Western military interventions which have led to very bloody conflicts or stoked very bloody conflicts in, in countries like uh, Afghanistan and Iraq, why is the lesson really that the EU should be going out and putting weapons into conflict zones um, and that there are all sorts of risks that these weapons can be misappropriated, lost? go missing in in the vast ungoverned territories that you see in many places where this fighting's taken place. So that's the kind of counter-argument that this is a dangerous departure for the EU. Mm. So, you know, you alluded to this, but one area where the EPF is going to be focusing or expected to focus its efforts is in is in Africa. And I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about why there's going to be a focus there and and whether or not there are pitfalls and concerns specifically about engaging in, in the region. So the, the EU is very worried about Islamist militancy in a region really going across Africa and Western Africa in the Sahel region between the northern African countries and the tropical uh, countries on the West African coast mostly. And then we've seen similar concerns in countries on the other side of the continent um, in Mozambique most notably. The EU does have existing military training missions in both Mali and, and Somalia. Um, and indeed in the Central African Republic also. But what it wants to do is go a step further and say, well, we don't just want to do the training, we actually want potentially to arm some of these forces as well. And what diplomats say is, look, you have situations where we train troops, but they're just not well equipped and they can't use that training. And so, for example, as one diplomat said, you know, in Somalia, you have Somali government forces doing training with wooden rifles and sometimes turning up in flip-flops and uh, we need to do something about that. That was the FT's EU diplomatic correspondent, Michael Peel. 
You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.